Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the Delicious Podcast with me, Jilly Smith. And this week we're celebrating all things Irish for St. Patrick's Day. I was toasting him with the doyen of Irish artisanal produce, Darina Allen of the Ballymaloo Cookery School at a special and rather noisy dinner at Selfridges to celebrate the female producers who've played such a huge role in putting Ireland on the international food map. Darina told me how she got to be the queen of Irish food. I'm, I was 70 last July. How did that happen to me? You know, so, but I mean, I was really fortunate. You know, in your life, sometimes you don't know the little thing that's going to change the course of the rest of your life. And my, my sort of moment was when I heard about the woman who later became my mother-in-law, Myrtle Allen. And, uh, you know, that happened because I was at hotel school in Dublin. You know, I'm so ancient that when I was at boarding school, you know, uh, the nuns, the lovely Dominican nuns who were educating me were very, they were great visionaries and they were very much anxious in the, um, in the late 60s to, that us girls should have a career, you know. Uh, so, uh, you know, do science, do law, uh, do medicine, do architecture or something. And all I wanted to do was to cook or to garden. And I remember one of the nuns drawing herself up to her full height and saying, well, you're never going to need that, my dear. You're going to be a, a career woman, you know. So anyway, when I wouldn't let go of that, it had to be either a degree in horticulture or else it had to be um, hotel management. So off I trotted to, to hotel school in Dublin. Only got in on the second count. They didn't even get in on the first count. But anyway, um, and then at the end of that, where would I work again? And you see, it's so long ago, but basically men were chefs and women, you know, couldn't get into a top kitchen under any circumstances. And this wasn't just in Ireland, was it? This was everywhere. It was everywhere, yes. And so I couldn't get into the Russell or Jammies something. And at the end of this uh, management course, uh, most of my friends... Were, had got jobs as assistant managers in some of the top hotels and they'd have a lovely little uniform and a badge and it was another name for a slave basically <laughs> I, so I didn't want to do that I just wanted to make homemade ice cream and souffles and learn more about fresh herbs and I so where on earth could I get a job and so just as luck would have it I one day I met one of the senior lecturers in the corridor and she said to me have you not got a job yet and you know she thought I was too fussy that I wouldn't be an assistant manager like all the rest of them how old were you at this time I was I suppose I was 90, 18, 19 yeah. that sort of age she asked me what I want and I said oh I want to learn how to make ice cream and blah 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 and souffles and terrines and things it sounded very exotic then and, and so anyway she told me I was too fussy but she suddenly said well funny I was at a dinner party the other night and they were talking about this woman down in Cork who's opened a restaurant in her own house 
in a farmhouse out in the middle of the country. And she writes the menu every day. And, you know, depending on what... And they live near the sea, so she it depends on what fish comes in for the boat or what's in the garden. And... Uh, she, and so anyway, she couldn't remember her, and and she makes homemade ice cream because they've got a jersey herd, and you know it was getting better every minute, and they have a herb garden, and um, so and she couldn't remember her name, and and I said that sounds exactly like what I want, and so she went off, and a few days later she came back and she handed me a piece of paper, and she said, this is the name of the woman, and uh, and I opened the piece of paper and it was Myrtle Allen, <laughs> and of course I wrote to Myrtle and a handwritten letter and she wrote me back a really lovely handwritten letter which I had for years and at some stage I must have got a rush of blood to the head and cleaned out some drawers and I lost it or something but she said hey, we'd love to have you and I have children your age <laughs> anyway I became the, I became one of the family by the simple expedient of marrying the boss's son <laughs> now we should say that Myrtle Allen is kind of like the Alice Waters oh, of exactly. Ireland yeah. she was how lucky real... was I that our paths crossed in life I was like a sponge uh, you know everything and I cooked side by side with her in the kitchen the and gods were watching you with well mind. I don't know that was my little you know the moment that changes the rest of your life you never absolutely. know what it is absolutely and you've yeah. been, you, yeah. so you Ballymaloo became your life really didn't Ballymaloo it? became my life and I absolutely you know she funny thing she um, Myrtle food was completely different to the food in other restaurants at that time she cooked in a way so it was almost like sophisticated home cooking definitely was and the sort of food you'd serve to your family or, or, or friends if they were coming to dinner in, in, a, in, a, in a country house somewhere they had a kitchen garden and, and all of that and so beautiful she would serve you know she would cook a piece of delicious fresh mackerel she'd serve rice pudding she would also of course do a lot of the the the, uh, the classic French dishes in Italian she went to Paris to have cooking classes this was in the 60s, yeah, you know. when people just didn't and, do that. Yeah, and Very people... Few. And there was a sort of food, maybe you're too young to remember, but there was food that was served in restaurants <laughs> <laughs> and there was food that was served at home and they were completely yeah, different. Totally. But Myrtle served the kind of food in the restaurant that you would serve if you had friends coming yeah. to dinner. And people begin to hear, hear about it. Within two years, she had the top rating in the food guides in the British Isles. And people came, they heard about the food and they loved it yeah. they just loved it and she had no training whatsoever um, you know she just cooked the food that she liked to cook herself and you know and she had beautiful ingredients and she always knew how good our ingredients was because she travelled quite a bit so she knew the quality we had at a time in Ireland when we had an incredible inferiority complex. We were sure that what you had here in the UK or what was in America had to be much better than what we had, you know. And but Myrtle knew how good it was. She saw the reaction of the French customers when they came to Ballymenu or the Spanish people or the Americans or whatever. And anyway, so I remember when she got, you know, in the Egon Rona Guide, in the Good Food Guide, and there was big write-ups in the Irish Times, you know, because we loved to, particularly then, we loved to be told in Ireland by a foreign newspaper or something that we were great. Then you really listened, you yeah. know. And I remember, uh, basically, the chefs, the panel of chefs said, who the hell is this woman who's suddenly got the top rating in the food guides? And she has no training. She's not a chef. She writes the menu every day. Did you ever hear anything so amateurish? Because this was a time when people, when restaurants opened, they wrote the menu. It was the same ten years later. But did they so, say it was amateurish, or did they no, say that, that they, there was something quite you know, interesting? They didn't, that was not in print. Right. But they were really baffled 
what was it that this woman was doing that was take you know taking the attention of the and was really appealing to so many people and to the food guides yeah. I think they really were asking and you know she had no big wise hat or anything you know yeah. not a, a chef's toque and we didn't she never even called herself a head chef no, and, uh, it's, I mean she is. But a, they a, loved her. The chefs then loved her. Exactly. I mean, she eventually um, was started, you know, Eurotoke with Paul Bocuse. He was the head of Eurotoke at that time, and she was the vice president of Eurotoke, the European Association of Chefs, who were committed to, you know, supporting local producers and farmers and all of that kind of thing. And so, and they loved her. Because she was like their, you know, the French love their grandmère, yes, the Italians love their grannies, yes, you know, their nonna. Uh, their, their nonna, exactly. And so they loved her and they respected her for what she was doing. And then they came over from Copenhagen, you know, Klaus Meyer came over uh, with the Eurotoke chefs and she cooked them, she got the very best mm. produce from the local farmers and fishermen and food producers and she fed all the three-star chefs this. And they couldn't get over it because it was such different food than they were doing and they suddenly I, I remember Klaus Maher telling me this and stuff and Klaus Maher and, and Renny Red Zeppi as you know mm. started Noma and Klaus said to me after that he said the se- a seed was sown because he said I, we suddenly thought well why are we not showcasing Nordic food in our restaurants why are we always looking to the Mediterranean uh, and for inspiration and doing truffles and and foie gras and everything. Why are we not doing the cloudberries and the dilberries and so on? And Klaus told me that himself. He said Myrtle inspired him to begin to think about what was totally unique about the Nordic Peninsula. That's Can you imagine that? Dorina, we've the most amazing nine courses, all made up of Irish produce here. That you are here tonight in London to really put the spotlight on Irish produce. What's happened? Is this is there a direct trajectory from Myrtle to, to tonight? Well, you know there is to a great extent because when the uh, first of the artisan cheesemakers started, Veronica Steele would have been the sort of the considered to be the the grand mare of the Irish farmhouse cheesemakers um, you know one of the first people she came to with her cheese was Myrtle and then Myrtle put that on the cheese trolley in Ballymaloo and then uh, others followed uh, what Veronica was doing and then the uh, so Myrtle always supported the I was thrilled to find uh, mostly women yeah. uh, che- um, artists and producers they were not just all cheesemakers of course some smoked fish others you know uh, they made jams. They, you know, um, you know, reared fat chickens and ducks and geese. And it's real home food. Isn't home it? food. I, w- I covered the story of yeah. the UK and Ireland uh, finalist yes. for uh, the San Pellegrino Young Chef Awards last yes. year. Killian Crowley was the uh, UK and Ireland representative who came from Galway. I know. Now his signature dish yeah. was just utterly beautiful seaweed. Oysters. Yes, uh, we have it all. You've got it all. In spades. Unbelievable. We totally have. And you know, I know when I started the Bandu Cookie School in 1983, the idea of people coming ab- from abroad to a cookie school in Ireland, yeah. it was just unthinkable. People looked on Ireland as the land of corned beef and cabbage. Yeah. And but very quickly, it was the arts and food producers who, you know, had such an incredible uh, impact. And we we. 
you know, it's, we're not just saying it. We have an incredible climate in Ireland for growing. We have, oh, of course, we're an island nation with all this cold water and so delicious she- fish and shellfish. So we have wonderful, wonderful produce. And really, it was the artisan food producers, many of them women, actually, um, originally the, uh, the farmhouse cheesemakers, who were a tiny industry, yet they had an impact far out of proportion to their size in changing the image of Irish food, both at home and abroad. And then they, they gave confidence to the other farmers' lives and food producers to continue on. And now the most exciting thing that's happened in Irish food in the last 20 or 30 years has been the emergence of this artisan food sector and specialist food sector. And, you know, even through the recession in Ireland, it was food to a great extent, which was the dri- became the driver of the uh, recovery yeah. and so on. Look, we have to say, Brexit is coming up. It's only a couple of weeks away. It's a tragedy for everybody, this. I can't, I mean, I know this is not going to be a popular thing to say, but for us, I mean, Ireland, by the way, is going to be much more heavily impacted than the UK, in fact. But for us, it looks ter- like Turkey's voting for Christmas. I mean, what are people thinking of? And then ordinary people uh, trying to live their lives, having built up businesses for years and years and years now, which are going to be so impacted. I heard Guy Watson interviewed here on, on the BBC Organics. from yeah. Riverford Organics, who does 70,000 mm. veg boxes a week. He said within four days he won't have enough stuff because it's so much of his food at this time of the year in the, in the winter it comes in from Europe and he said within a month he'll be bankrupt and he was he just said I'm incandescent with rage I cannot understand how that nobody is listening to the impact this is having on so many people's lives and it seems like it doesn't it's, it's Brexit at all costs I don't know. I mean, obviously, some people think it's a great idea. Some people think it's going to be better in the long run. But by goodness, it's hard to see at the it moment. Let's, and, however, yes. let's end up with an upbeat. It's St. Patrick's Day. It's We're celebrating St. Bridget's, the, <laughs> yes. the, the, the patron saint of women in Ireland. And it's a fantastic legacy that you have carried on with from Myrtle Allen at Ballymaloo. <laughs> Just thank you very much indeed, Dorinda. Thank Allen. you, and happy St. Patrick's Day to all of you. <laughs> and have a bit of soda bread. Put a nice loaf of soda bread in the oven, oven and slather it with some good Irish butter. <laughs> happy St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> Thanks for listening to The Delicious Podcast. I'll be back next week to learn how to cook like Andy Oliver of London's Thai restaurant, Som Sam. I'll see you then. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 